Yeah, I love that uh, Tim would share. You know, like he said, when I asked him, he was like, no. You know? yeah, and, uh, and, that's, and that's natural. Um, but he, he felt like God was giving him something to say. You know, the Holy Spirit was prompting him. And so I just really appreciate that he took that step because he felt like this is an act of obedience to the Lord. Um, and, 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 and the things he shared, you know, the fact that he was growing in his quiet time and, and his, his own personal devotions, um, and yet there's a struggle with try, trying to balance that with the things you have in life. I said, you have to share that. That's just very honest, right? That's um, growing in the Lord day by day. And so um, I appreciate Tim sharing. Um, and uh, I, I want to pray right now. Just pray for us. And I want to pray for uh, Stephen, our youth director, as he comes up to uh, preach God's word this morning. So let's uh, please join me in prayer. Father God, I, I know that you are at work in so many people's lives in our church, Lord. And even though um, not all are ready to come back and be in person and we don't see them every Sunday, Lord, I know that you're at work. You are a good and faithful God. And Lord, I just, um, I pray that that work that you're doing in each of us, Lord, you would continue that. Um, you would not let it uh, die out. You would not let us tire out, Lord, but you would give us strength. And just as you're giving Tim strength, um, I pray that you bless him and his family. I pray that you would continue to move in each of our lives. Lord, help us to spend time with you. Help us to hold on to you. Help us to um, live and act in the body of Christ like you call us to. Help us to be faithful to you, Lord. Um, as we turn to, to the word this morning, Lord, I just pray, Father, for uh, Stephen. Uh, Lord, he has been doing so much in the church, in missions, uh, with, the, with the youth group, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would just empower him for the message this morning, that you would just soothe things and you would bring things, Lord, um, to his mind, Father, to, to speak to us, and that you would use his words, Lord, to, um, to minister to us this morning. Uh, just uh, anoint Stephen now. We pray that you would uh, bless him um, and you would lead him, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. Thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, West Covina Christian Church. Hello, hello. It's uh, good to be with you all. Uh, I feel like over the past like m summer, past couple of months, it's been it's been weird since uh, I've been away like uh, on my honeymoon, and then we uh, the youth and I went to Naomi house for a week, and so like genuinely like it's really good to be here with you all. Um, I've I've enjoyed uh, meeting new people and seeing all your faces. Um, and I, and just just a quick snapshot of what it was like when Kylie and I went on our, our honeymoon, right? And all the stuff like for the wedding, we were uh, we we had all our stuff uh, spread out across like Kylie's grandparents, uh, her godmother, my grandparents. Uh, I kept some stuff in my car and in in church, and so we had it everywhere, right? And we were hoping to close on a condo. 
that was um, that we found for sale uh, in Upland, and so we were like really hoping and praying, and we got it right. And so we, we looked at the the deadline for them, the people to move out of of the condo, and it was five days before the wedding. And we're like, it's cutting it a little close, but that's like doable, right? We can do that. Um, and so we were hoping they would move out sooner, but it came to five days before the wedding, and we're like, okay, like that's fine. Well, we're, well, let's go call our agent. Let's get the keys. We're excited. Um, and then we called him, and he's like, actually. Uh, the seller isn't moving out of the house because they bought a place and their seller isn't moving out of their house and so it's just this big backlog and even though it says in their, their, your contract they have to be out, they're not going to leave. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> what are we going to do, right? And so it was a little stressful, but uh, God knows best, right? And so um, it ended up being super great. We had like a, we got a nice hotel. We weren't able to move until after the wedding, um, but uh, it ended up being like we had like one, two days, I think, to move everything in. We just pushed it all in there. Uh, Kylie's family was super gracious, helping us unpack, right? But mostly everything was in boxes. And then we, we went straight over to our honeymoon uh, to uh, Seattle to see some of Kylie. And, um, and so it was super great. And then and, uh, we had a wonderful time in Seattle. But then when we got back, uh, since there were boxes everywhere and cardboard everywhere, there's a certain creature that really loves uh, cardboard and hiding under things, uh, which is uh, cockroaches, right? And so it was really unfortunate when we got home and we just found, like, like some of them flipped up upside down, and, like, and then some of them, like, you can imagine my dismay when our, the first person that we had over uh, like, is this, like, more, like, macho guy, but he was, like, we lifted up a box, and there's a big cockroach, and he, like, totally freaked out. We are like, uh, was, like, I was, like, it was just the Spectrum Internet guy, but I still, like, I felt embarrassed, right? And so, um, I, I, I share all this because, like, as I was writing this sermon, right, I was th- thinking about the parable of the soil, which we've been discussing for the past uh, four weeks now. Uh, I, I was just thinking, like, there's like a, and as, as I was chasing down the cockroaches and like getting freaked out as well, I was thinking, you know, there is like a little bit of a comparison between like a good, like a good soil Christian and cockroaches, right? Uh, they're, uh, they're really hard to kill. Uh, they they uh, multiply like crazy and they're everywhere if you know where to look, right? It's, Hopefully, the comparisons, they stop there, right? Like, uh, hopefully, people don't run away screaming when they see you, and if they do, maybe that doesn't, maybe that doesn't matter, uh, connect to your faith. Maybe it's something else. I don't know. Uh, no, <laughs> um, I'm not calling you ugly, I promise. Um, but in all that said, like, I, um, I think this, this time when we're discussing the parable of the soils, we're talking about good soil, right? And so I think it's really important for us to think about the characteristics of good soil. What does it mean uh, to be in good soil? So um, let's read the passage as we think about that today. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering his seed, some fell among the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among the thorns, which grew up quickly and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on the good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Later, Jesus explains the parable, and he says, Listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their hearts. This is the seed sown along the path. 
The seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, it lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on the good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Isn't it nice that Jesus goes out of his way to explain this one to us? Right? I feel like a lot of the parables Jesus doesn't explain and we kind of have to like, understand the context and like, think about it. Uh, it's still important to do that, right? but it's nice that he really shares, uh, shares what the meaning is. Not only does it help us understand it better, but it, it, it alerts our attention. Right? If he goes out of his way to explain it to us, it must mean it's like, pretty significant. Right? It's not a story about how to plant stuff better, but it's a story about like, h- how can we understand like God more, right? It's depending on the state of our hearts, which is reflected in the, sto- in the, so- uh, the different soils. So we've established God's the sower, right? The word is the seed. Uh, God's word is the seed, and our readiness and ability to receive it and act upon that receiving that word depends on the state of the soil of our hearts. Um, if, you think you're a good, if you think of yourself as a Christian, Right? It's important to ask, like, do, what, what soil am I in, right? Am, do I meet the good soil? And so I was spending time reflecting and thinking, like, do I meet, these, meet the good soil? What does this look like, right? And so I, asked, I, I was, like, writing down things, and I, I put myself through five different questions that I tried to answer for myself. And so I'm going to read those for you now, and I'm going to read them a little slow and, uh, and pause, like, a, a little, like, just long enough, like, for you guys to think think through the, uh, these for yourself, and um, uh, so hopefully you can kind of reflect, uh, you, I can take you along in this reflection journey that I went on. So the first question I asked myself is, is my heart hard or cynical to the good news? Is my heart hard or cynical? Another way to say it is, I'm, am I open to the gospel or am I closed? Am I engaged in church, or, or am I, like, tuned out or just going through the motions? Is another way to think about it. The second question is, do troubles cause me to let go of my faith? Do troubles cause me to let go of my faith? Do I find that, like, sometimes I can only praise God during the good times? Or if I, if I were to lose someone or something that I really loved, would that, like, destroy my faith? Right? Those are things to think about. The third question is, am I hampered by the world and its pleasures, worries, and pursuits? Am I hampered by the w- world and its worries, pleasures, and pursuits? Like, do, do you love, do I, do I love God, like, who gives all the gifts, more than I love the gifts themselves, right? Or, and, and by how much, too? Um, what competes for my time and attention over God? Uh, the fourth question is, is my life bearing fruit? Like, am I uh, flourishing with God? Am I utilizing my gifts and talents for God? And lastly, am I making disciples? Am I making disciples? Am I preaching the gospel? Right? Am I reaching the lost? Am I in an intentional, committed relationships that are focused on growing in accountability and mentorship in our faith?
So, how'd you guys do? Uh, did you feel better or worse? <laughs> uh, I'll be honest, when I did this exercise, like, it was really uncomfortable for me. Um, I'm, not, I'm really not good at, at letting the, the worries of the world like, affect me. Like, they, they, I tend to get easily distracted a lot, and um, it's really hard to bear good fruit all the time. Right? I, I, uh, Kylie could, would be the my, my wife would be the first one to tell you that, that I'm uh, not always gentle and, and generous, and like, I, I can be like, kind of grumpy. Like she'll wake me up and I'll be very grumpy at. And so I, I, there's like, there's, I'm like painfully aware of my own sin, right? Um, and so if you feel good about where you're at, like praise God, that's worth rejoicing over. But if, you, if, you're, not, if you're not feeling the best, right, I think that's, that's okay too because like that means you're bothered by it, right? And if you're bothered by it, hopefully that means that you, you desire to grow a, a little bit more towards the good soil, right? So wherever you are, like, whether you're, you identify with, whatever soil you identify with, like, I, I think it's um, an important journey to think about how can we move towards the good soil, and what does that look like? Um, e even if we don't feel like we have the energy or the willpower to do so, like, even better, right? We can lean into God and trust what he has for us, right? So this is something that God, ha that comes from the Lord. So, here, here are like three ways that I think that we can move towards being uh, in the good soil, right? Is put, the first one is putting yourself in position to, to grow and to be filled, right? It, it's really hard to, be, uh, to, to grow and, and be filled if our hearts are hard, right? If our roots are shallow and if our attentions are elsewhere. We really need to, to try to be moving towards the good soil if we want to, be, if we want to grow and, and be filled. Um, uh, as someone who is uh, Japanese-American, right? I, I'm, uh, uh, I have some relatives that are Buddhist, right? And they, they think about this, this issue, these issues as well, right? They think um, there's, this, there's this premise about like emptiness where it's uh, you, you like let go of all your, um, of all the worldly connections, right? Because they might cause you pain. And, and they, if you're like really uh, uh, bought into it, you would like become a monk, right, and live in a temple, right, away from all the aesthetic uh, things of the world, right, which I think is, is good that they're thinking about it, right, but one way that I think that Christianity is, like, significantly uh, different, right, is that, well, like, Buddhism is all about, like, emptying oneself, right, uh, Christianity is all about being f filled by the Holy Spirit, by the power of God, right, we cannot do it on our own strength, um, because when we try to empty ourselves, it's, at least for me, right, I know a lot of people have better willpower, but I think everyone would admit that, that it's, it is very hard to do on your own willpower and strength. And so, um, as, as it pertains to how we get filled, like, like, what does it look like to be filled? What does it look like to love God? What does it look like to have this relationship? How do we do that, right? Uh, I think Psalm 1 gives us a really good roadmap in how to be filled, how to be, uh, how to continue to grow. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so with the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, 
nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So staying away from the wicked, right, and delighting in God and his word and, and being full, uh, uh, growing deep roots down to, to the river, right, and always bearing fruit, and that, that's like a good formula for like how to uh, put your, you know, continue to put yourself in a position to grow. Right. I, I love what Tim Kubo shared at the beginning of service because he, he spent a lot of time like, reading the Bible and seeking God and putting himself in a position to grow, be, being open right, to, to God challenging him. Right? And so I think about uh, his story kind of reminded me of my own when I was a freshman in high school. Um, uh, like, for me, that was significant because going from middle school to high school was was a big deal because I was uh, super socially awkward. Like, I'm already socially awkward, but, like, even more so. Like, I, w- I was, like, I couldn't even talk to anyone, hardly. Like, I, um, I was really addicted to sin. Um, and uh, I, I really, uh, I think God really wanted to get a hold of my heart, and I hadn't, like, truly given that over to him yet. And so when I, like, with the help of a youth pastor, right, he really challenged me, like, hey, this year, like, make it all about God, right? And so when I sat, when I sat down and decided, like, what can I do to, like, really seek the Lord, I was like, okay, I'm just going to read a psalm a day in the morning, right? And I, so I spent time, like, I would get ready, I'd, like, I'd brush my teeth, I'd, I'd, and I'd, like, eat my waffle, and then I'd sit, uh, I'd sit on the ba- balcony and wait for, like, my friend to come pick me up, and I'd just, like, read the psalm. And it was great because sometimes my friend would be early, right? But sometimes he'd be super late. So I would just be, uh, as soon as I was done getting ready, I would just sit, have to sit with the psalm until he arrived, right? And so sometimes that let me, there was no rush, right? So I could just spend lots of time reading and meditating on the word, right? And, and by the end of that year, um, I, I realized that I hadn't, like, I no longer was addicted to my sin. I, I realized that, and I realized that, like, two of the friends that I was talking to, who were not Christian, who they, were, they were, happened to be Buddhist, right? They, they were not Christian. And they, they told me, like, hey, Stephen, like, I see, like, God working in you kind of thing. And for me to hear that from a non-Christian, right, I was like, wow, this is evidence of God working, right? This is my life, my, my Christian life is starting to be, actually bear, bear fruit. And th- that, to me, that was mind-blowing because, like, I, uh, like, I got to see God's, the truth of, like, Psalm chapter 1, like, in action, right? Um, and so um, I, I was just like, I, I was really excited, and then I mo- ended up moving to Washington, then mo- ended up moving back here, right? So I'm like, that was just like a small part of my journey, but it helped, it was, it helped me get a taste of like how good God was. And I, I, I feel bad, because like sometimes I, I like look at my freshman year self, and I'm like, dang, like that guy was really devoted. Like I wish I was like, as de- you know, I wish I was like as consistent as I was back then, right? Um, but I'm encouraged, and, and if, you, if you feel that way, because I feel like I often feel that way, if you feel that way, I want to encourage you that, that um, physical hunger, right, when we think about, like, physical eating a food, right, you get hungry, you eat a hamburger, and then you're full, and maybe you feel bloated because it was a hamburger, right? But when, when you, but, like, but, but when you compare that to spiritual hunger, right, uh, when, maybe you're not hungry for the things of God, but once you get a taste of, like, how good God is, right, his goodness, his love, his, his, his peace, right, all those things, like, you're, you're hungry for more, man. You want more and more and more, right? It works the opposite as, as uh, physical hunger, right? And so, like, just, just continue to, like, press into God. Get, get a t- God says, taste and see, right, that, like, that he is God, that he is good, right? Taste, taste that, right? Don't just hear about it. Don't just read about it on a menu, right, like, in the... In the like, get a taste of how good God is and see, like, how much that changes your life. 
Um, the second point in how to move closer to the good soil is to do the work in faith. Do, do the work in faith. It can be really hard like, to work for something if it's not guaranteed, right? Like, imagine if you went into your workplace and they're like, yeah, like, do, do, you know, work 40 hours a week and then maybe we'll pay you. It's not a good deal. <laughs> um, for us as Christians, it can be kind of like daunting to pursue God if we are, since, and to like really want growth if we're not sure if we're going to get it. Right? Like, that is something that, that is, is not necessarily guaranteed, right? We have to, like, keep working at it, keep going for it. Um, and uh, if we've tried a few times and you're, you're like, it lasted a couple days and then, it, you know, we burnt out, or if you're, you're disillusioned with growth, like, I, um, maybe you're asking, like, why should I even try, right? And it, um, I think Matthew chapter 7, talk, uh, verse 7 and 8, talks about the importance of, like, persistent prayer and seeking and, and faith. Uh, it says, uh, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. I really like this verse because like, it encourages us to pray, like to, to pray to God, but it also in- accompanies like, that action of, of praying with, uh, accompanies, accompanies praying with action, right? With, with seeking, with knocking. And I think this is a good example of like what it means to have faith because if we really have faith in something, right, we will act accordingly. We won't just sit. Like, um, so let me give you an illustration. Uh, we've been talking a lot about farmers and sowers, right? So we'll, we'll talk about two farmers. Uh, so we'll say Farmer Corey and Farmer Stephen, right? So uh, Pastor Corey gave a message, right, and at the beginning, of, and he dressed up as a farmer, and so I thought I should too, but from the look of him, Farmer Stephen probably has never farmed in his life, let alone ever used a Swiffer in his life, right? Uh, so, so suppose now that, they're, uh, that these two farmers are, like, planting season is almost over, um, but there's this, been this huge drought, right, and so they're really worried about their crops, and so uh, Farmer Stephen and Farmer Corey are diligently praying that the Lord would send rain, right? But only Farmer Corey works hard to plant the seed, right? He, he, he tills the ground, he plants the seed, he does everything that he needs to do, right, in anticipation that God will answer his prayer and send rain, while Farmer Stephen decides to take a nap on his new bed. <laughs> All right, so when God answers their prayer for rain, right, only Farmer Corey has done the work to be ready for it and to receive it with joy, right? Farmer Stephen's like, oh no, now I have to try to plant seeds in the mud, right? That's awful. Uh, how's the Swiffer going to help that with that at all? I don't know. Like, um, the work that we do as, as Christians, right, it can be tedious sometimes. It can seem tedious, right? There's a lot of people who don't understand why we would come to church every Sunday or pray and read, try to read, pray and read the Bible every day, um, but if you are praying that God might transform your, your dusty plot of land right, into this, this fertile crop-growing soil, then you better be prepared to do the work that comes with that so that God can send the rain. It is so vitally important to pray and ask God to provide, especially since we can do so little like in our own power. But more often than not, like, faith that God, you know, having faith that God hears us and will answer requires us to take the step out of our comfort zone, right? It requires us to have some skin in the game, right? If, and that's, like, that's really a true sign of, like, trust. If you want to grow, I encourage you to do the work um, 
in faith that God will come through. The last point, or the, the, the third and final thing we can do toward, uh, towards moving towards the good soil is to grow for more than just yourself. Grow for more than yourself. Can you imagine after, uh, if God answered Farmer Corey's prayer, right? He sends the rain and abundance of crops. Pastor, uh, Farmer Corey is so overjoyed that he, like, he harvests them all. He, has, he fills his barns to the max, and he's, he's so happy. It tastes delicious. And then he's like, no, nah, that's good. I'm just going to keep it all to myself and let the rest rot right, in my barn. Right? It, that would be like a totally like, opposite of what God's generosity just was bestowed on him, right? Um, and, of course, Farmer Corey would never do that because he's very generous and kind and great, right? But, like, as Christians, it is important for us to grow in our faith, yes, but if we don't use our God-given talents and abilities for him right, or for, for others or, like, to serve others, right, and if we aren't making disciples, we are failing to bear the kind of fruit that the, is described of the good soil. This falls in line with the Great Commission, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with, which was given to us by Jesus um, as he ascended, right before he ascended into heaven, right? It says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age, right? And then later in the New Testament, we have a picture of, of Barnabas, Paul, and Timothy, right? We have Barnabas uh, encouraged Paul on his missionary journey and, like, helped, helped, his, helped mentor him and minister to him. And Paul went to all the different churches and planted churches across uh, the area and then raised up Timothy to be a pastor, right? And so you have a mentor, uh, and, and then you have someone who's being mente- mentored. You have someone who's mentoring him, and then Paul, and then you have Paul who is mentoring Timothy, right? And, and that is a beautiful picture of discipleship. Uh, that said, like, obviously discipleship isn't all roses, right? It's really hard. We've been talking a lot about plants, and so I was trying to think of, like, another plant metaphor, right? And, and I'm, so I don't know if this is, like, how true this is, but, like, I, I think, I do know that, like, a fair amount of plants, like, when they want to spread their seed, they die, right? You think of dandelions, right? They grow, grow into a flower, then someone makes a wish, then it's gone, right? It's like all withered, right? Or you think about a fruit, right? Like it, all the seeds are in the fruit, and then it, the way that it plants the seed is it falls to the ground, right? And then it, it like di- decomposes and dies and provides nourishment for new seeds. Or like birds will come and like eat the fruit, and then they'll spread it like over here, right? And that's how they spread, spread their seed, right? And so like there's a lot of verses in the Bible that talk about, about dying to ourselves as Christians, right? We have uh, Galatians 2.20 says, like, I, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, right? Uh, and John 15.13 says, there's no greater love than this, that a person would lay down his life for the sake of his friends. So if you aren't, like, if you don't feel like you're making disciples right now, like, I, I get it. It's, like, really hard, um, and it takes a lot of time, and you might you might not even ever see the difference that you make, right? I mean, forget people. Like, I can't even take care of plants without killing them. Like, even cactus. I, I killed a cactus. Like, how do you do that? Like, um, sorry, anyway. <laughs> um, investing in people is challenging, right? Uh, 
But this is why it's like so vital if we want to make disciples to move to the good soil, right? Because if we are distracted by the cares, worries and cares of this world, right? If there are things that, that have us captive, we are never going to want to go out of our way to, to put so much investment into someone else, let alone lay down our lives for them, right? This is why it says that like the thorny soil is, is unfruitful, right? Because there's, there's too much at stake. Um, those who are, um, when I think about my own discipleship journey, like it literally took like a whole village to, to raise me up in Christ. Right? I started with my, my parents who were Christian, who brought me to church, my Sunday school teachers, like my youth pastors, my youth leaders. Uh, I went to like four different youth groups over the, growing up. Like I had uh, mentors, one who was like so devoted, he like moved into my house to like invade, total invasion of privacy kind of thing, but it was, it was great. Um, I had camp counselors, I had professors, I had uh, all the church staff. Um, they've all played a significant role in my discipleship. Um, and they've spent a ton of time uh, and resources investing in me. And I still screw it up all the time, right? And, but I'm so, I'm so grateful for them because they really demonstrated to me what it looks like for someone to love and care about me, for, for, people, for them to know, know like, hey, like, I, I know you're struggling with this. Like, how can I pray for you? Or like to have accountability or, you know, to, for me to be able to pour out my heart to them. It, they've, it's shown me, they've shown me what it really looks like to love God. And so I'm no expert in making disciples, but for me it's as simple as trying to, trying to help others and do the same that I was given. If the discipleship, if the idea of discipleship still feels overwhelming to you, my encouragement is that we do not do it alone, right? God, uh, the, uh, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 3 says that he planted the seed, that another teacher named Apollos watered it, but God is the one who made it grow. Um, we, we can all work together to really love and encourage and disciple each other, and that God is ultimately the one who makes it all come together. Dying to myself has not been an easy process. I still struggle with it every day. But it's been worthwhile when I see how God has allowed me to have a small part in raising others up in him. He will make the seeds that we plant grow just as he is helping us grow ourselves. So again, wherever you are, whatever soil you feel like you identify with most, God is not done with you yet. As long as you have breath in your lungs, God has a purpose and a plan for you, and he invites you to the good soil. Though it's not easy there, right? It's so rewarding. It's so delightful to be able to grow and sprout and thrive in this relationship with God that our souls long for. Jesus invites us to look to, to him as our ultimate example, right? That, that though blameless, he he died on the cross for our sins, and so that the seeds of the church, the seeds of go- the gospel, and the seeds of hope might be spread across the entire world. So my prayer for us is that we might learn to embrace the life, ha- the life that God has for us in the good soil, so that like him, we might enjoy growing in him, dying for, to ourselves for the sake of others, and producing a crop 30, 60, or 100 times what was sown. Let's pray. God, thank you that you love us so much, that you give us your mercy each and every day, and that you invite us into a wonderful life with you. 
we're not going to get it right every day. We're not always going to feel like we're in the good soil with God, but I, I pray, Lord, that you would help us together as a church to tend to each other's plots of land, to help deepen the roots, God, and, that, and to plant seeds, God, and to care for the seeds, water them, God, and that you might make the seeds of the gospel, the seeds of joy, the, the seeds of being in relationship with you grow into full fruition. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.